What is good, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Enough Said, where we, where we were bringing you sports, very, very, very knowledgeable people, from myself to my co-host, Dom Cheadle. Dom. How you doing? How you doing? So, uh, first episode, uh, we're going to go over a few things. Uh, of course, we're going to start sports. Um, because it is All-Star Weekend, it's only right that that is the first topic today. So, uh, NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, tonight is Friday, so it is the celebrity celebrity basketball game. And it is in Charlotte this year. Who do you got winning MVP for celebrity game? Um, right now, seeing as how we are watching it live... It's uh, looking like Quavo is is going to take that home. Quavo. Or, Quavo, Quavo or, or Los, who is on the opposing team, those two are probably the most uh, skilled players in the game this year, seeing as how it's not that many, not that many black people. Wait, wait, wait. I got to stop you there because don't forget Ray Allen and Jake Williams are also there this year. I mean, Ray Allen, He, I doubt he go to the hole. He only looking for, for four-pointers, which is – a new new line, a new thing that they have this year going on in the, in the celebrity All Star Game. So he's but, only out there shooting those four pointers. It's Ray Allen, though. I mean, you can get hot and go and, and knock down seven four pointers, and <laughs> that's MVP right there. I don't know. He he like sixty years old, and uh, <laughs> I don't know if the knees gonna hold up like they used to. That's still Jesus Shuttlesworth, man. Come on. Nah, you right. You right. He almost got beat by Denzel, though. Let's not forget that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Bill Simmons podcast right there. Oh yeah, big big fans of that show. Yeah. So, celebrity game this year, not going to lie, doesn't seem that entertaining. I was kind of disappointed in some of the celebrities they have there. Um so many people they got Dr. Oz uh, famous lows. Uh, Ronnie Two K is there. I'm kind of interested to see if he can actually play basketball. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, me too. I haven't. I don't think he's checked in yet. I don't. I doubt he has game. He's probably just one of those people who is a, a hell of a game developer and yeah. supporter and knows how to advertise. And then he get on the court of the actual game that he's like Madden. If somebody was uh, advertising Madden and get on the field, he never played football in his life. Right. So it'll be interesting. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> yeah, so celebrity so all-star game. Uh tonight we have what is it, World versus USA? Uh got some good stars in there. Jason Tatum, Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, just to name a few. That should be hopefully an entertaining game. I know the last few years it's been like a, a even worse all-star game because it's just teams taking turns scoring on each other. Yeah, and that's, that's never been fun to me. I want to see – I mean, these are probably the some of the best athletes overall in the world, but, of course, the best basketball players in the world. I want to see you know, a competitive game. I don't want I don't want people to just – I don't want to see a 180 to 181 score. I, you know, they, they out there to compete, so – that's that's always what I expect. I want to see a good game. Dunks and three pointers are always good to see, but people like to like to feel like they're actually watching the game. Definitely, and that's I think that's probably been a, a an issue, a recurring issue with NBA as well as the NFL with like the Pro Bowl with the actual entertainment piece. I know like the All Star Game it gets competitive maybe the last what five minutes of the fourth quarter when they start playing serious. Yeah. Um. That that's kind of been a an issue. However, I think the most competitive rising star, or not the rising star, but the the World vs USA game. Well, I guess it is rising stars challenge or the rising stars game. Um, I think it was a few years back. It was Dion Waiters and why is his name? I'm losing his name right now. Tim Hardaway Jr. There we go. Oh yeah. Uh, they had a back and forth, and it was entertaining. 
Yeah, that probably is one of the best back and forths I've I've seen in a while. But I remember uh was it? I think Kyrie's second year in the league. Oh yes. Yeah. Who who was that that he went back and forth with? Uh that was that was a good one. I, it was it Brandon Knight? It was Brandon Knight. Him and Brandon Knight. He I remember him dropping Brandon Knight. Yeah. <laughs> of course who, that's Kyrie. That, you know, that went that's, viral. Yeah, that was so in recent memory, those two are probably the best, two of the best games that I've seen. Other than that, it's just been dunks and three pointers and alley oops and all of that. I feel this year might have a little promise with how competitive it might be, just because there's a lot of young players that are trying to make a name for themselves still. Right. Um. I'll I'll run down the list of some of the players. Uh, USA. Jared Allen. Um. For those who may not know who that is, that is the Brooklyn Nets center who has the famous block this year against LeBron. And I think the following week, who did he get? The follow was Giannis. Yeah, Giannis, fo- yeah. Yeah, so he had two big blocks this year. Marvin Bagley, rookie uh, for the Kings. It's a Duke guy. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, Lonzo Ball, John Collins uh, with the Atlanta Hawks, Darren Fox, Jaron Jackson Jr., Kyle Kuzma, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, and Trey Young round up the USA team. Man, what a squad. Who stands out? Who do you think can really have a big game from that list? Ah, man, that's a tough one. That is is so much talent on that roster, like so much. I mean, even with Lonzo Ball, who's, you know, when he's aggressive, I think he's probably one of the, the top young players in the league, but it's just all about you always have to question his his aggressiveness, you know, and that's that's never good. But if I had to pick, I probably would go with with Swiper Swiper Fox. He been balling this year, and uh, I think he got a point to prove. De'Aaron Fox, for those who don't know, absolutely. Yeah, I, I probably would have to go with him for early favorites for uh for the MVP. Fox has definitely been on a tear, and I know you don't agree with me, but I think they might be able to get that team to the playoffs, uh, maybe squeak in as an eight seed. But that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good conversation for another Yeah, that's a really good conversation, <laughs> especially in the West this year. Um, I'm going to go with my favorite. It, I have to be honest, it's probably going to be Jason Tatum. He's been so aggressive this year. It, it He's almost a different player. I know he worked out with Kobe, and he, it definitely shows. Yeah. Oh, oh I got to interrupt you. Uh, you missed Jason Williams. You did a nutmeg. <laughs> oh, nice. Oh, my God. Jay Will. Yeah, Jay, Jason, Jay Williams is uh, he's trying to prove that he still got a little game. Uh, so over to the world side for the Rising Star Challenge. You got OG Anobi. Uh, he's a baller in Toronto. I like his game a lot. Uh, DeAndre Aiden. Uh, he's a solid rookie. Bogdan mm. Magdanovic. Jason Williams. Uh, Jay Williams again, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, my favorite uh, of the rookie class, Luka Doncic. I am a huge fan of his game. Uh, you got Shea Gilgis-Alexander, uh, Lori Markinen, Josh Koji, Seti Osman, Seti, and uh, Ben Simmons. Rounding out the world squad, who stands out? I mean, of course, there's going to be Luca for me. Luca, I yeah, think it's, that's that's for me too. That's yeah, Luca. He's been ridiculous and way better than what anybody, any analyst, even the Mavericks didn't think he was going to be this good. So, and you know yeah. what? It, teams missed out. Uh, I know they were talking about this the other day, but can you imagine if they didn't pass up on Luca? Was it the Kings that had the pick before them? I, yeah, I think it was the Kings. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Man. sometimes you miss. I mean, you know, people people do it all the time. I mean, people missed out on KD. It happens every year. I mean, look at look at. I mean, Houston drafted Olajuwon number one overall in the same draft as Jordan. I mean, they didn't know. <laughs> but you I mean, don't hear people. Yeah, you don't hear people. Olajuwon was the he was the the safest, the best pick. I mean, he turned out. He gave him two championships. So. You know, you don't hear people like, oh, that was a terrible move by Houston because they took what was needed, which was well, the best player in that draft at that time, which was 
Hakeem. They didn't see, never haven't seen anybody with that type of footwork with being that big, like ever. So you had to go with with Hakeem. But you know, Jordan was in that draft too, so it's all good. And that actually that that poses another good question and and a, possibly another topic. But do you think, depending on where a player is drafted, determines their success? For example, if Jordan was drafted number one, do you think he still wins six championships? That's man, that is a, a great question. Um, I mean, there's so many factors that that play into that because you know where does Scotty go? Where does was Rodman go? Jordan is then if he's drafted by Houston, he's out in the West instead of the East, so. It's it's so many varying factors in there, but I think Jordan would still be Jordan. I, I don't know about the championships though. That I don't know. That's uh everything would literally everything would be different. It's like a butterfly effect, you know. Yeah. So yeah, it's a hard question to answer. And I feel like a lot of players there they're possibly products of their of their situation and their environment because it there's been a lot of talented players that have come into the NBA and just never really blossomed to the player we thought they would be. So yeah, that's that's definitely a a topic that we can sideline and maybe come come back to another another podcast. Yeah, for sure. Uh so of course with it being all star weekend, some of the most enjoyable moments of it is the three point contest and the dunk contest. Um I know who you probably have favored in the three-point contest. Oh, of course, Seth Curry. Seth Curry. That, And I want to make sure you guys understood that that's Seth Curry, not Steph yeah. Curry. Yeah, Seth not, Curry. Not, yeah, Younger brother of Steph, you know, the the literally the Splash brothers are in this contest, seeing as they are the hometown boys. So, yeah, I, I'm going to go with Seth, though. I, I got a feeling that um he definitely does not want to be upstaged by Steph. So, I got him walking away with a three point crown. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of want. I want to agree because I'm a huge Seth fan, not Steph, Seth. Um, but there are definitely some, some shooters in the in the competition this year. Of course, Devin Booker, reigning champ, is going to be back again. Uh, Buddy Hield from Sacramento. Uh, Dame Lillard, always a threat if he gets hot, and then. The 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 possible overlooked player in the three point contest this year might be Dirk Nowitzki. He's on his last ride with Dallas this year. He might have to he might have to do it. That would be a nice um, nice going away present for him. Yeah, yeah definitely winning the three point contest. Oh yeah, all it takes is for him to get hot. I mean, you see what he did in the finals against the Heat in what twenty eleven. So. I would say, I mean, well, actually, just that whole playoffs, Dirk was a beast, the the best player in the playoffs. So, and you know what they say when you when you get older, that shot gets better because you can't do as much. Yeah, so you got to focus on that one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean that that could be that could be a dark horse. That'd be a sleeper. Right you know there. what? I got to backtrack. We're in Charlotte. Kimball Walker's in the competition. Oh, that's another good one. That's a dark horse right there. Yeah, Kemp, and Kemba's been on the tear this year. Yeah, he thought he was going to get traded, so he was uh, auditioning for the Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> and ended up auditioning for his own team. But, yeah, I guess we'll keep you. Yeah, you know what? You, you're you pretty good. I guess we'll go ahead and keep you here. You're not going nowhere. Yeah. So, dunk contest. There will be a change of players this year, of course. No Zach Levine, no Aaron Gordon. Shame. Does it still have the same buzz that it's had the last few years? I can honestly sit here and tell you I have no idea who is in the dunk contest. So, four contestants. We have Dennis Smith Jr., who I believe was there last year and and just didn't perform as he thought he would. Uh, We have Diallo from OKC. Uh, Definitely has some hops there. Um, not a fan of John Collins being there. There's no disrespect to him, but I'm just I'm never really too impressed with bigs doing the dunk contest. It it doesn't yeah. impress me much. Yeah, me either. 
And then, of course, my sleeper, Miles Bridges from Michigan State, um, will also be in the dunk contest. And I have, of course, seen him dunk plenty of times. And I know he's definitely going to bring some some flair. So I'll be ready for that. Yeah, I have I have no – I don't know. I have no interest in the dunk contest. It's just – it's not exciting to me. In my opinion, it needs to be changed entirely. And they need to incorporate these people that we see on on YouTube or Instagram, Facebook, wherever, yeah. and get them into the dunk contest. I agree. Some people, it is some people that can absolutely jump out of the gym. Was it a Dunk King that they were doing? Uh, yeah, the competition. T- yeah, TNT Dunk King. They did it the right way. They that had people was entertaining. off the streets and. Entertaining. Man, they had people going behind their back, between their legs, twice, windmill, three sixty, dunking, blindfolds. It was it was entertaining. Yeah. That is what the dunk contest should definitely be, and what we hope it might evolve to one day. Hopefully, but yeah, we'll we'll definitely see how that goes. Yeah, being hopeful, they. I mean, they finally listened to the fans um, as far as the All-Star game goes instead of it being East and West, just the best 24 players and do a playground style. You pick, you you pick, I go, you go. And last year was a success. This year they actually televised it, which is great for us. So hopefully um, the dunk contest is not too far behind that and, and switching it around and bringing people off of the street yeah. who can actually jump. And and speaking of that, we can kind of transition into that because that's what we really wanted to talk about here. The All-Star Draft. Team LeBron, Team Giannis. Who won? <laughs> I mean, it, that's not even a question. Giannis need to be kicked out of the NBA for the team that he drafted. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You drafted Joel Embiid over James Harden, who is – Scored thirty one point or thirty points in thirty one straight games. Come on, man. Let's uh let's let's figure figure things out. I mean, I don't. I, I honestly, I I agree. He he could have did better, but he has a lot of sleepers on his team. I mean, it's not a horrible team. They they have potential, but just when you look at that other roster with LeBron, KD, Kawhi, Kyrie. <laughs> I'm getting overwhelmed. I'm getting overwhelmed just reading off the names. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Oh, man. Anthony Davis, Clay Thompson. Like, come on, man. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Definitely. I mean, Giannis got some players, of course, I mean, himself, but he can't shoot to save his life. Um, Steph, best shooter in the world. So, I mean, he got PG, right? PG's on, on Giannis. I believe so. He drafted PG, so that's a plus. Um, yeah, I don't know. I would. I mean, actually, now that I think about it, Giannis has a bunch of people who need the ball to score. So, and they don't really have a a true distributor on their team. I mean, step. I'm sorry. Let me take a step back. Besides, or outside of Steph and Kemba. I'm not really seeing too many distributors on their team because honestly, I, I don't really consider Russ Westbrook. Nah, distri- he distributes, but his is not normally within the offense. It, I feel like some of his assists that he gets are definitely padded because he's he's forcing the ball. He is stat chasing. Yeah, stat. <laughs> it's it's a one one pass one shot system. If you if Russ passes you the ball and you pass to a better shot, he's gonna be mad that you didn't take that shot. That's that's my opinion of Russell Westbrook. I mean, it's no denying him going hard. He goes hard every single game. Like, his motor is crazy. It reminds me of, like, Kobe's motor because Kobe always went hard, always, always, always. But Russ is absolutely stat chasing and trying to get those triple doubles. And that's uh, – I mean, it, it helps him win, but I don't know. Those assists are yeah, that's- padded, padded assists. Yeah, that's that's always something that would be pretty much impossible to argue when it comes to Russell Westbrook. He goes one hundred percent every game. That that's no question. Uh, whether he stat chases the hole or can't shoot, 
that's another just that's another discussion. But he he definitely shows up and he plays a hundred percent every time I see him step out on that court. Yeah, we're not gonna talk about that broken shot. He can't oh, no. shoot can't <laughs> shoot at all. It's it's gotten to the point where he's so what's the word I'm looking for? So unsure of his shot, his free throws have gone down. Russ used to be an eighty percent free throw shooter. He's down at seventy one, I believe now, which is crazy. So, but people always say that when it comes to free throws, it's it's mostly mental, and it's very very easy when it comes to free throws to get inside your head and and go into a really bad slump. It, especially when you're a shooter, it 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 definitely happens. I mean, we've seen it happen with Clay earlier this year. You get in your head a little bit, you start seeing those shots going off, and you almost change your whole mechanics, and you don't even need to. Yeah, I don't, yeah, that's that's a, like you said, different topic. We I can talk about Russ stat chasing all day, so <laughs> we'll we'll definitely save that for another time. Um, yeah. However, All Star teams, I gotta say it, LeBron's tampering. I'm sorry. <laughs> He drafted almost everybody who can no, be not, not almost. He drafted everybody. <laughs> everybody. Ray, Kawhi, Anthony Davis, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, he has everybody. He knows what he's doing. And he I does. think this is this is like a tryout. <laughs> he wants to see who he wants to play with next year. Yeah, my thing with the whole tampering thing, though, is they, they pick and choose who they want to give that fine to because just think about this. The the first day of sign free agent is July first, twelve oh one AM. And me and you we get alerts on our phone at twelve oh three. Such and such has decided to sign. Really you think it just goes, Hey Dom, you wanna sign with our team? Yeah, that's fine. And then I sign with you. That that's how it goes. It's no way. These teams are talking to these players for months in advance. It's no question about that. So them finding Magic, I think everybody's just mad because the Lakers are kind of, I would say, kind of arrogant about it, just out and open about it. Like, they don't care with Magic going on. I think with Jimmy Kimmel saying that, you know, giving a wink-wink when he was talking about Paul George, saying that he hoped he signed him or he was going to try to talk to him, something like that. You know, give him the, I think people are just mad that the arrogance that the Lakers have, like, okay, he's going to do it anyway. But I feel that teams are talking to these players months in advance of them signing because there's no way that you are signing to a team one to three minutes after you're able to sign. So nah, that's my take on it. Yeah, it's definitely definitely something I think is pretty obvious, uh, especially with, like you said, there we're seeing signings literally minutes after the the time starts. Uh. So it's it's pretty obvious to the tampering thing. I agree, and I, I think it's it's not as fair because I feel some teams, as like the Lakers, are in the media more, uh, especially being in LA, uh, compared to other teams. And of course, you have Magic there running things, and it's it's Magic. He he's known, so he gets hit with that tampering pretty pretty quickly. Even though I feel like everybody in the league does it, it's pretty obvious. But because he's in the light or in the media light all the time, it's just more apparent. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Yeah, that's, that's, that's definitely what it is. People are there. I think it's it comes. It's jealousy. It's a little bit of jealousy, too. They feel that free agents, they see L.A., okay, L.A., I got so many opportunities out here. And you have Magic out here now. I mean, who wouldn't want to be around Magic? Magic just you. If I saw Magic in person and I met him, I would feel like I know him already, just because it's like Magic, like everybody's uncle. They call him Magic for a reason. I mean, he he has Magic, and he, people just want to be around him. So they gravitate to him. And and I don't know. New Orleans is such a poorly run franchise. You got people who it's all NFL people in that front office. They all all the Saints owners and co-owners, whoever it may be, they run the Pelicans too. So that that's something that the league need to, needs to look at, to me, in my opinion. You can't have NFL guys who literally don't care about basketball like that running an NBA franchise. You're, you just ran your star player out of town 
probably will go down as one of the top 20 best players in this league ever. So, I don't know. That's – I don't know. That's on them, man. That's uh, something they have to figure out. Yeah. Speaking of the Pelicans, though, that, that kind of brings us to the trade deadline, acquisitions that happened that didn't happen. As we all know, L.A. was trying to make a deal for Anthony Davis with the Pelicans, Dale Demps. Obviously, that did not go well. Your thoughts? It was, it was a shit show. Um, that's our first, our first uh, cuss word right there. So yeah, we can write that down in the book. That's history right there, baby. Shit show, Got shit it. show. But yeah, it was a, uh, it was a shit show with that. Dale Demps, whether it be him or whoever in that front office, they had no, literally no intentions on trading Anthony Davis to the Lakers. They they just wanted the Lakers to basically uh, – what's the word I'm looking for? I'm, I'm, I got so many thoughts running in my mind because just the thought of the New Orleans Pelicans, that name alone frustrates me, them as a franchise. <laughs> they, just, they just wanted to muddy it up for the Lakers. They, they get in those young guys' minds, which they did, because you basically were going to trade your half of your roster for Anthony Davis. It created and, friction in the locker room. Yeah, and I I feel that's what it did. Did I, I mean Kyle Kuzma? He seems like the type of player who's like, who can kind of shrug it off. I mean, because he came out the next what next game versus Boston and dropped thirty seven, I believe, dropped thirty seven on Boston when they had that uh that last second win by Rondo, and then the following game he dropped another thirty points. But other than that everybody's been pretty much struggling. LeBron at times to me seems disinterested and yeah, just it's just it's just been all bad for them this this year. They didn't expect expect it to go as it, it has been. I mean before LeBron went out for those seventeen games, uh the Lakers were in fifth place. Pretty good position. You know, you want to avoid the Warriors in the first round by all costs. So you want that seventh seed and they were way up there at fifth, so yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's my take on. I mean, you can't control injuries. Everybody wants Luke Walton fired. It's not Luke Walton's fault. He didn't injure LeBron. He didn't injure Rondo. He didn't injure Lon Lonzo. Um, but I think at the end of the year, Luke probably won't be there going into next year, just because I don't feel like the players are responding well enough to him. And that's Magic and Rob Palinka. They didn't hire him, so that you know that's not their guy. That's not their coach. Yeah. Not to say they don't respect Luke. I think they they respect Luke, but right now they're probably looking somewhere else. I could probably it's probably like ninety five percent where uh, I believe Luke will be going after this year. And oh my God, Los just hit this little dude with a cross. Sheesh. But yeah, um, I think Luke is going after the end of the year. Where they go for coaching, I'm not sure. You have the Mark Jacksons of the world. The uh, I mean, you got to look at Tom Thibodeau if you want to get your defense right. A lot, the name that I've been hearing a lot is Jason Kidd. A lot of people want to see Brian Shaw, who's the assistant coach right now. So, absolutely, yeah, I I believe Brian Shaw probably would do pretty decent. It's just that's my take on it. So obviously, Pelicans Lakers were really the good highlight of the trade deadline. Who do you think uh, did actually have a pretty good highlighter? Made a good acquisition during the trade deadline. I mean, it's easily Philadelphia. They, easily. They easily improved that roster and are pretty much pushing their chips all in right now because it was a that was a great sign to get into Bias Harris, which is another big who can stretch the floor, which is what they needed uh, to surround Joel Embiid, add another piece with Jimmy Butler, the unpredictable Jimmy Butler, um, and you need somebody to kind of mask Ben Simmons' inability to shoot. You won't mask it a lot, but it stretches the floor because if you have a big who can't shoot, he's going to call up the middle. Ben Simmons needs to get to the middle to drive the ball. So, Absolutely. Yeah, so I think that's a pretty – not a pretty good. I think it's a great fit for them. Um, I think they won the NBA trade deadline this year. I, I, I agree. They had a really, really good uh, acquisition with the deadline. I'm actually going to go with another team in the East who I believe might have won the trade deadline, which is the Toronto Raptors, getting Marcus O. Uh, Marcus O really brings a lot to the to the game and to, to that team. 
being a big that can not only shoot, drive, play great defense, but he also sets up his teammates. He has great vision. He can pass. I feel like that's exactly what Toronto needed to help them push uh, for for a good playoff run. That's that's a uh, I can't can't knock that one. Um, the only thing about that is, will he stay healthy going into the playoffs? That's the only the only knock that I've had on Marcus off for the past couple of years is can he? I mean, the best attribute a player, best skill a player can have is availability. So as long as you're available, he's available and he's playing up to the standards that that we expect him to play to. I think Toronto probably will make some. I mean, I see Toronto and and uh, not Milwaukee, but um, 76ers in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. I, I think that one be of them, yeah, one of them is going to have to go through Milwaukee. So that's going to be interesting, but I don't think Milwaukee in the play. I think they'll win a one series, but maybe two. See, I don't know. I mean, I feel Milwaukee can almost match up with any team based off of who they have on that squad. And I know that that floor shrinks when you get to the playoffs, and Giannis that that jumper is just I I can't trust it. That's true, but I mean they also. They also picked up a, a pretty good acquisition with uh with Mircic. That as a shooter, it it does. I mean, I, I can't deny that, but the only knock on him is his defense. I mean, you can shoot the ball as good as you can or as good as you want, but if you allow another team to score another end, you know, it's it's hard to win that way. Of course, yeah, and that'll be all I mean, that's always an issue. There's always gonna be a liability on the court somewhere. And it's all about whether you can take advantage of it. Um, I know we hit on a lot of teams in, in the East. Um, there were a few teams, though, that made some moves in the West as well. Um, one I was not that big of a fan of, uh, Zubak, going to the Clippers, leaving the Lakers. I was a pretty pretty big fan of Zubak. Yeah, me too. I was, I was high on them last year during the end of the year where – they kind of just basically packed it in and said, okay, we're going to start the kids and see what they can do in Zubac. Basically what he was doing this year, he did at the end of last year. And I don't, I don't know what, what the trade was about, why they did the trade, but I mean, they, they wanted more spacing on the floor, more shooting. So, I mean, but we'll see more shooting around LeBron. So we'll see how that worked out. I, I was, I was really high on Zubac though. That guy, Seven foot, he was, you know, he was solid around 240, 250. Great footwork around the basket. Soft hands, could finish, rebounded, smart player. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll we'll see how that turns out for the uh, for the Lakers and the Clippers. Yeah, I think that'll be definitely something to watch out watch out for. Um, so of course, with comes with trade deadline and acquisitions and players moving. We got to think about players that'll be moving at the end of the year, free agency. Who do you think moves? Who do you think doesn't? Who's going to be a surprise? Oh God, that's a that's a tough one too. You got so many unpredictable personalities on the market with Jimmy Butler, Kyrie, and Kawhi. First three coming to mind. You you really don't know what those three are going to do. I think Clay Thompson being a free agent this year. I think. Clay stays in Golden State. I mean, where else is he going to score fifty points and dribble four times? So yeah, you're not going to get that anywhere else. <laughs> they move the ball really well in Golden State. Uh, yeah, it's, that's ridiculous. Sixty-one points, you dribble the ball twelve times. That's yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, yeah, so I think Clay stays. Uh, I think KD resigns as well. They probably max both of them out. The like the Joe Lacob, he said. They're not worried about money, so they get a new stadium in San Francisco, billion dollar stadium in San Francisco. I think they stay. Both of them stay. Kawhi, I, I think Kawhi might go to L. A. L. A. Lakers for, or the Clippers? You see, you see, I left that open. I there. did. I, I you left it open. You left, <laughs> left that one open there for you. I, I think he goes to the Clippers. I think Kawhi goes to the Clippers. Um, Jimmy, I have no idea. I I can't even start to to guess where I think Jimmy will go. You just look around the league and see where where would he fit. Well, let's start with this. Do do we even think that he's a good fit in Philly right now? 
for that locker room, I don't know, man. Jimmy, he just – every team he goes to, he just causes such a, a ruckus. It's always something with him. Um, I mean, they already have kind of a couple of alphas there, Joel and B being the biggest alpha. People probably say it would be Jimmy Butler, but he hasn't been there long enough. Um, I think it's a, a decent fit in Philly. I think it could be better. I just think Jimmy Butler has a, a really huge ego, so it it depends on how much he wants to sacrifice. I feel like he's just – his mind, he's just there right now because that's where he has to be for the, the rest of the season. And his his signing probably depends on how well they do in the playoffs. So – yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I, I think that that's going to play a big, big factor for him. How well they do in the play. If they get to the Eastern Conference Final and they get to a Game Seven and lose, then I feel he he'll probably say, "You know what? I like what we have here. I I want to come back." So I can see that happening. Um, and Kawhi, like I said, I feel, I feel like he's going to the Clippers. And uh, who's that third free? Oh, Kyrie. Kyrie. I honestly, I think he might go to the Lakers. I think that might be the shock of the league, him reuniting with LeBron because he he understands like now. That. Yeah, he understands now. Like like he said in the interview a couple of weeks ago, what LeBron went through with him. You know, him being a young player and wanting wanting to have the shots, wanting to have the points. He understands like, okay, I can have all of that, but this is not winning those games. And if you look at it, Kyrie, every time he gets injured. The Celtics thrive. They got to the Eastern Conference Finals yeah. Game Seven last year without Kyrie. They did, and to me, I feel like he kind of hinders their young talent because he's taking minutes away from players who like were thriving last year, like Jalen Brown, taking away you know his minutes that he's played. Terry and, Rozier, especially Terry Rozier. Terry Rozier, I think, average. 38 minutes last year in the playoffs. And now this year he's at about 22. So that that's the biggest difference to me, just those guys' confidence. And with Kyrie being out, they're used to him being out. Gordon Hayward is a shell of himself. I don't know how long it's going to take him to get back in form, but right now he doesn't fit with, with that Celtics team. And I'm glad you bring that up because the last two games we actually did see Gordon Hayward actually start being Gordon Hayward again, the Gordon Hayward from Utah. However, it's a, it's a two-game span. Like you said, we he's only really been a shell of himself for the rest of this season. I said, it, I said this at the beginning of the year. Boston has too many pieces, and it's not going to work out. People want the ball. They have young coming, or coming up players, and they have veterans who have already been all-stars. It, somebody has to move. It's It's – it's too cluttered on that team, and that's what I think. Um, you know, they'll figure it out if they don't in the playoffs, and I think that's what we're going to see a lot of people moving this summer, and they're going to clean that team up a little bit. But to the yeah. biggest possible move coming this summer, Anthony Davis. I know there's a, a lot of teams that have their their hands in the pot and want to want to get Anthony Davis there. I know the Celtics. We have the Lakers. Um, do you think he goes to LA? What, what do you think happens there? I think the Lakers might be might be done trying to get Anthony Davis. Um, I mean, even if they do make a trade, which to me, if I'm Magic, I'm done. I I don't want any parts of it uh, unless the Pelicans call me and say, "Hey, let's make a deal. Let's get this. Let's get this done." That's where he wants to be. So let's get this done. But I don't, I don't see that happening. I don't see the Pelicans wanting to help the Lakers out. Um, and if I'm the Lakers, I'm not offering nearly as much. Six players for one, what it, they would have to offer. The Pelicans would have to offer more players on their side because they can't take on six players. Um, but if I'm them, if I'm the Lakers, I'm not giving up Kyle Kuzma or Lonzo Ball. Anybody else on my roster? I'm, of course, obviously LeBron with that. That goes without saying. Without saying, <laughs> yeah. So those three are untouchable. Anybody else have at it? Absolutely. And I think the biggest surprise, because at the beginning of the year, somebody that they were saying would be untouchable was Brandon Ingram, and now all of a sudden he's fair game. I haven't been I haven't been impressed with Brandon Ingram at all. 
He has his spurts. Yeah, I haven't. I'm not. The only time I saw Brandon Ingham really ball was in summer league. Yeah. With this last summer league that well, the previous summer league, his rookie year he balled. Uh, and then the this last summer league, he came in, had like twenty three points and then went out with some kind of injury. It wasn't a serious injury. And that's when Magic was like, Nope, that's it, no more. But like you said, he has flashes of of potential where you can see maybe just maybe he can be an all star. But it's it's way too inconsistent. I get it. He's young. He's I think he's only twenty. Twenty. Yeah, I think he's twenty. But you look at a guy like um, like Jason Tatum, same age, and look at the difference. It's like night and day. You you have to you have to want to be great. You have to want to go out and prove to people why Magic said you were untouchable. This year, I don't feel like he's been doing it. Like I said, he shows flashes. He'll have games where he'll go for 25, 12, and 6. Then the next game, he'll have 8 points on 3 of 13 shooting, 4 turnovers. That's that's way too inconsistent for me. And if I can get that piece out of there for Anthony Davis, you got to do it. It's, that's easily a no-brainer for me. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, so that'll be coming up. This summer, we'll see a lot of moves, things like that happening. Speaking of the summer, an important date, June 20th, NBA draft. We got prospects. This might be the most excited I've ever been about an NBA draft. A lot of pieces, man. A lot of – this is probably one of the the most top-loaded drafts that we've seen since, since LeBron, easily. And if I had to take it there, because you got with LeBron's like, of course you got LeBron, you got Melo, you got Wade, Bosh, you got Bosh. Oh my God, it was um, a loaded you, draft. You got your your favorite player, Darko Milicic. I mean, you know, <laughs> <laughs> talk about bust. <laughs> oh man, I know the Pistons are. Fucking oh my god! You could have Dwayne Wade, you yeah, D Wade, and you chose Darko Milicic. But like I said earlier, players that are a product of their environment, D Wade in Detroit. I don't think D Wade in Detroit is the same D Wade. I don't know, man. D Wade's a Hall of Famer right now, and I don't, I don't think that happens in Detroit. I love Detroit. I love the city. That's what I rep, but. I don't think that happens. I got to be honest. I don't think that happened. D-Wade is still D-Wade. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think his career is the same if he if he lands in Detroit opposed to Miami. Um, So I know you want to talk about this because you're excited that you have possibly three Duke players going in the top five in the draft. I mean, well, maybe not so because, of course, you're losing them, but that's got to be that's got to be pretty, pretty exciting to to know that your team is that good that you have three projected in the top five. It, it's exciting to know that three of them are going to go in the top five, but it'll be more exciting if they could win that national championship and then, you know, dip off, save into the sunset. I mean, I that's mean, yeah. Do you think if you guys lose and don't make it to the national championship, any of those three stay? When I say three, it's Zion Williamson, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish. Any possibility? That's- Absolutely not. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. I think – no, you know what? I take that back because I've never seen three – mind you, these are the three of the top ten high school recruits coming out of high school going into college. Going to – they all talk. They say, you know what, let's go to Duke. They all went to Duke, kind of like how the Fab Five did. Um and when you watch them, you actually see a genuine friendship between those three. Definitely. Like, they they remind me of the Warriors, how they enjoy to see the other players succeed. When Zion has a big dunk or block, RJ and Cam are the first people running over to Zion, hyped as hell. When, when Cam Reddish hit the game winner, first two players running to Cam were Zion and RJ. 
hyped as hell when RJ is going off. Those first two players are Zion and Cam. They they have such a friendship to me that I haven't seen in in college players in a while, especially top college players coming from you're the man. They were the alphas on their high school team, the absolute best of the best. And I don't know. I, I can I can see them saying, you know what? We didn't win. We're disappointed with how we depending on you know where they finished if they get put out in the the final four, elite eight. Sweet sixteen, like you know what? I don't, I don't like how we lost. I, I think we should come back for one more year to try to get that championship. I can see them doing that. That brings up another conversation that I hate talking about because I, I see it happen with my team, Michigan State, all the time, where players who are projected to go pretty high in the NBA draft decide to stay another year. Gary Harris. Miles Bridges, both did that and came back a second year and it did not have that same spark and you see them drop drastically. That's why I'm kind of afraid. I don't want to see that happen to any of those players because they're all really good. And right now they're all projected top five. I feel like if one of them stays, that's a possibility. However, I could actually see if Cam Reddish stayed, I could see him really thriving, being by himself and having so many more touches. I could see him thriving. Same thing with Trey Jones, who's projected a little bit further down the list um, for the NBA uh, draft. But seeing those two, if they if they were to stay another year, I could see them both really thriving, definitely. Yeah, I can, I can see Cam staying too. Uh, Bumby right now, he's literally guaranteed a top five pick. So he can he can take his eyes on that, or he can stay a year. I mean, you never know what happens, you know, an injury or anything like that. Yeah, God forbid. So I don't that that's uh I know that's something that he probably would think about. Trey Jones, I I can see him staying another year as well. Definitely. Just, I mean, it, that guy is his defense. He's a hell of a player. That defense is is incredible, especially for him to be like 6'1 or 6'2, whatever he is, he he's a pretty locked down defender right now. I, I think he'll go to someone who really needs a point guard. Um, probably I, I can see him in the top 20. I know somebody in, in that top Definitely. 20 needs a, a point guard to start down or maybe even a solid backup point guard for a couple of years, you know, someone he can learn behind. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but uh, that's – yeah, that's my take on him. Uh, and I, I definitely – yeah, I can see that as well. I honestly, I like Cam Reddish a lot. I feel like his game translates to what the NBA is doing right now—a shooting wing uh, with, with great size. Um, I'm gonna go with one of my favorite prospects right now, coming up in the draft: John Morant, Murray State. This is my first. Yesterday was my first time watching him play live, uh, not highlights, and I was truly impressed. His vision on the court. Even with a team that's not good, because he he should have had easily 15, 15 assists that game. But his vision is amazing. His decision making is amazing, and he is athletic and get can get to the hole whenever he wants. I was impressed. Yeah, I haven't haven't got a chance to check him out last night. Just I remember you telling me about him. Uh, I know I'll definitely be tuning in for his next game so I can see they because that's the only player right now. Well, not the only one. The one of the two players that they say if if Zion isn't drafted number one overall, which if he isn't, then whatever team doesn't draft him needs to be thrown out of the NBA easily. Um, the 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 only two other two players they say have a chance to go number one is R.J. Barrett, or Morant. So, you know, somebody that high up, I I definitely have to check him out. So, most definitely, and and. Every, I'm looking at the list right now, some of the projected draft players, and they're all ballers, all of them. Uh, Zion, John Moran, R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, and Romeo Langford uh, from Indiana, top off the the top five prospects. Um, you know what? I honestly think Zion has to go number one. This is why. It's not just about Zion the player, but it's about Zion the brand. Absolutely. Having somebody who has that much stars, nobody's had that much star status coming into the NBA since LeBron. 
and he you was have, coming out of high school. And he was coming out of high school. <laughs> but Zion has had that much buzz to where you have to go number one with you have to. He brings so much to your to your organization, not just as a player, but like bringing in more, including his brand, and then adding on to your brand. He has to go number one. It would be a mistake if anybody doesn't take him number one. It's easy the the best business decision that uh, NBA franchise owner can make. Like you said, that Zion's brand is ridiculous. I remember me sending or tagging you and. Zion highlights when he was in high school. I'm like, dude, look at this dude. He's like 6'6", 500 pounds of muscle windmilling with his head above the rim, head and shoulders above the rim. It's like when he dunks the ball, he can just like look over into the rim like, okay, it's safe to throw it in there. He just throws the ball in. Like, it's, it's crazy. And somebody, for him to be so big, jump so high, his feet work is great. He is quick as hell. That first step, that's what takes people by surprise. They see his, his body mass and like, oh, man, he could just jump. But then when you get in front of him and you try to guard him, he gives you that quick blow by. You're like, oh, damn, I, I didn't know he was that damn fast. And there's really nothing you can do with that. He's like uh, like Charles Barkley, LeBron, Carl Malone, all just molded into one, which is damn near impossible to stop. It's like making a creative player. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, That's it's, what it reminds me of. It's just not fair. The only only thing that a team would have to worry about, of course, is his outside shooting. But, I mean, it's – That develops. If, if you can score like he can around the basket, it's, it really doesn't matter. He As long as he gets his free throws up. I want to see him shooting his free throw percentage at least in the mid-70s because he's going to get fouled a lot. That's – Without question, he's going to get fouled a lot, which he is now. He leads the NCAA in free throws, uh, total free throws taken. So if he can get that around 70, 74, 75, if I'll even take 73. Yeah. You got you to gotta make people pay because if you miss those free throws, you're leaving at least for a career, you're leaving at least 5,000 points off the board in your career. You just, you know, get those free throws down. But other than that, yeah, you got to take Zion without question. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. Uh, so we're coming to a close. But before we do, I want to do something here. Uh, I'm going to throw a couple players that are coming up in the draft at you. You tell me who you think is going to draft them, and then you tell me who you think what team would actually be the best fit for them. Okay. So, of course, starting number one, Zion. Um, if – it depends on where the those balls drop in the lottery. Um, Definitely. But I have a feeling that the, the Knicks are going to get the number one pick. So I, I can see him going to New York. That would be, in my opinion, the best thing that can happen to him because, Zion, you need media coverage. And what better place than New York? You're either going to – you need to be in New York and L.A. Obviously, Lakers not an option, uh, but I can see him going to New York. Definitely. I, I like that fit. Worst case scenario fit to me, the Cavaliers. Oh, that would be – oh, I would be so mad if the NBA let that happen. NBA, if you listen to this podcast ever, <laughs> which I doubt, you cannot let Zion go to the Cavs. That would be an absolute tragedy. And I, I almost want to go through the list of the first-round draft picks that the Cavs have gotten that didn't pan out. Um, Andrew Wiggins, a oh god, <laughs> Anthony Bennett, and no disrespect oh. to Anthony Bennett because he's doing this thing right now. Um, oh, I believe man. the last I've seen, he was um over uh, across seas. Yeah, uh, I think he's overseas right now playing yeah. some Chinese team, getting so, his money. And I'm and I heard he was trying to gonna he was gonna try to make an NBA comeback. So of course, hopefully that happens, but. That was a horrible draft pick, Cleveland. What were you thinking? Andrew Wiggins, you draft him, trade him immediately. What are you thinking? Since LeBron, the only good thing that Cleveland has done was draft Kyrie. Then they messed that up by trying to trade him. Yep. <laughs> so that shows how well they're doing. Next prospect, R.J. Barrett. Uh, it. RJ is so skilled to me, and, and 
he has the height and the the ability to come to the league. Just like I said, his height, his size, his skill, it translates well in the NBA. I I can see him really fitting on a lot of different teams. Um, so I, I don't even. So he's. I think he's a shooting guard. I think they have him small. At they have small. him. They have him projected to be a small forward in the league. He's six seven. Oh, so, okay. So yeah, he's pretty damn big. Um, who who has a big small forward need right now? I know Atlanta is at the bottom, so they might have a top top five draft pick. Um, yeah, it's funny you say that because I'm looking at Atlanta's roster right now. Um. Forwards, Vince Carter. Oh yeah, he's no disrespect because Vince is still doing his thing, but that's a no go. Yeah. Um, you also have Torian Prince, who's been playing pretty good this year. He's 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 doing something, but do I do I think that he can really be the face for this young Atlanta team? No, nah. I think R.J. Barrett can. I think he would be a good fit with Atlanta. Actually, Trey Young, um, that young team there. John Collins at power forward, uh, Kent Bazemore. I think that he actually will be a pretty good fit, R.J. Barrett with Atlanta. I think that could work. Yeah, I see that. I see that too. I mean, just with, with Trey Young being there, he's uh, – I mean, right now Trey Young is not as efficient as he was in college, but I think that'll – you know, that'll transition with him learning the game, him working in the offseason, getting stronger. Uh, understanding the game, you have a year under your belt, um, so I think that'll help. But yeah, I can I can see RJ with the with the Hawks doing doing pre- having a pretty decent rookie season, definitely. And, and uh, he he'll definitely need a shooter at point guard, which I mean, which he has right now, and and Trey Young. So yeah, I can see him with the Hawks. I think that's a pretty good fit. Um, the last one I have you do since I'm going on this this kind of uh, path, I guess we'll finish it off with all the Duke players. <laughs> um, Cam Reddish. He's yeah. a shooting wing, 6'8". Damn. it's a big dude. Big dude. Um, if he if he doesn't stay at Duke, man, 6'8", that is... And they have him listed as shooting guard? They have him listed as a small forward, actually. Transitioning oh, small forward. Even though he, I think he, he, he has the size of a small forward. Uh, he's six eight two eighteen. Oh yeah, he's pretty solid. But he's he's a shooting guard. He just is. He's a shooting guard. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty solid. Um, who else is at the top of that draft? Who who has the best odds? I know. The I know Suns. Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say Phoenix isn't too far away. Although I feel Phoenix has actually went – they've drafted small forwards the last few years, and I, I don't see them really going that route again. Even if our, our, uh, not RJ, even if Cam is there to draft? <sighs> I mean, it depends because I really feel like Phoenix, the best option for them would be John Morant. They need a true point guard. They can't have Devin Booker continuing to try to yeah. run point. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Um, I mean, they, I can I can read off the guards they have right now. Troy Daniels, uh, Jamal Crawford, who's really more of a two guard, not a one. He's a scorer yeah. for sure. They did acquire uh, Tyler Johnson um, during the trade deadline from Miami, uh, but is he is he really a a true starting point guard? No, I think he's more of a a solid option off the bench. Yeah, me too. Um, so I think John Moran actually would be the best fit for Phoenix just because they need that true point and they need somebody who can feed the ball to their shooters because they have some shooters on their team, Jamal Crawford, Devin Booker, uh, uh, Troy Daniels. They got Trevor Reza, right? Oh, no, they uh, traded him. No, yeah, they, 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 they traded, yeah, they they traded, traded Reza, but they got Kelly Oubre. Uh, oh, that's – oh, my God, Oubre been hooping too. Yes, Oubre they got Oubre. Hooping for, he, he had – 31, I believe, last night. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, yeah, Uber, Uber been hooping. I can I can see Ja there. That that would be that would be exciting. 
They got a lot of scores, a lot of young people on that team. Definitely. And he's John Moran's definitely like a true point guard. He he can score, but he definitely looks to pass. And he has this, he has great court vision. And what I like most is when he dribbles, just like Kyrie, his head's up the entire time. Yeah, those are the best point guards, the ones who, who can dribble for one, and the ones who have the ability to score whenever they want, but they rather pass. Kind of I mean it's it's the same thing with Steph. Steph is like you say the best shooter ever. But he will literally pass up a wide open shot to Clay Thompson, who is white right next to him. Like, okay, here you take it. Now Absolutely. that's 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 extremely unselfish. So yeah, that that's a a, a great quality, and every point guard should have that that pass first mentality. Definitely. Uh, so back to Cam. I see him likely going to another team that's at the bottom, Chicago Bulls. Oh, yeah. I'm not sure how much I'll, I. It's not necessarily that I don't like the fit. I think they could actually use another shooter on that team. I, what I don't like is the culture Chicago has right now. That that sounds insane to say, with the success that franchise ha, that franchise has had, but their culture ever since things started happening with Derrick Rose and Noah and Jimmy Butler down the road. It's been like a dark cloud over that organization, and I don't really know if I want Cam Reddish to have to to go into that and be a part of trying to change that. Yeah, that all that all starts with ownership, man. Is if your ownership is terrible, hence the New Orleans Pelicans, <laughs> then that franchise is going to be awful. Like, I mean, look at the Warriors when when Joe Lakeup took over. The team and then and traded away Monte Ellis for Andrew Bogut. The the Golden State fans hated him. They booed that man on the night of Chris Mullins' jersey retirement. He came out to booze and he told them, "Just be patient with me." They booed him. <laughs> and what did he do? Draft well, yeah, I already had Steph Curry. They drafted Steph Curry. They had Klay Thompson. They drafted Draymond Green. He did the trade for Bogut and hired Mark Jackson, who turned them around. Had, they didn't do anything the first season. Second season, got to the playoffs. Third season, got to the playoffs, got put out. They fired him, which I, I don't agree with. I think they could have worked with him. Um, Definitely. But they hi- hired Steve Kerr, which is a great hire, and I always thought that Steve Kerr would make a great coach just from, you know, when me and you play 2K, he, he had his insight on 2K, and he – was always on point with every single thing that he said. I'm like, man, Steve Kerr would make a great coach. So he took that chance on Kerr and three championships later and Kevin Durant later look at them. And, and it all started with ownership uh, making making those moves that they did. So, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't. I would hate to see Cam go to the Bulls and his career just down the toilet. Well, the first what four years of his career down the toilet because of management. So I mean, you know, he 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 doesn't control where he's drafted. So yeah. I I know if he goes there, he's going to ball out no matter what. Um, having Zach Levine there too would would help him, just because he wouldn't have to. Okay, you have to go out here. You have to score for us. He has Zach that they can go out there and get 30, 40 points. So yeah, he doesn't definitely. have to be the man every single night. So I think I think they would make a, a nice one two punch. So if he did end up in Chicago, possible starting lineup could be Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, Cam Reddish. Mm, I think I'll throw probably Otto Porter in there with Wendell Carter Jr. at center. Oh wait, no, let me let me take a step back. Lori Marketing. In there instead of Otto Porter. That that could be a pretty good squad. I like that squad. I like that squad a lot. That's I mean it's it's a it's a young squad. Zach Levine probably being the oldest one out of all of them. Yeah, definitely. Um, and ha- having the most NBA experience, so they'll have somebody they can lean on. If they can get a a veteran coach in there, I th- man that would be that, would that be changes everything. Lineup. I can see Mark Jackson in Chicago. Ah, I like that. I, I can see Mark Jackson in Chicago. That would be – I think that would be a great fit because you got Chris Dunn, who's a hell of a defensive player. 
and yeah. Mark Jackson is is defensive oriented. So you that it starts with the point guard putting that pressure on him. So I can see Mark Jackson in Chicago. Remember that one. Yeah, I said it first. Mark Jackson to Chicago. Well, we'll see how that pans out. Yeah, so I think that is about it for this bra for this for this podcast. Um maybe next week we'll talk maybe some football. See how that goes. Yeah, we can definitely get into some football. I know that's that's more your, your expertise, so yeah, definitely. Yeah. We'll, we'll dive in there. I'll make sure I do my homework on yeah. that. And, man, do I have some things to say about my lines. But we'll say <laughs> I will hold it in, bury it deep for a week. <laughs> that's a that's a 30-minute segment right there of oh, just Dom, Dom Lion Ranch. That, that's what, that's oh, what we'll call that segment. <laughs> That'll well, make for some pretty interesting things. Yes, it yes it will. <laughs> All right, well, in closing, first episode it of is, Enough Said. It is a wrap. I think we did a pretty damn decent job for our first broadcast. Um, appreciate everybody who has followed us, everybody who who tuned in to listen to this hour hour long podcast. Um, y'all let us know what you think let us know what you want to hear us talk about um, and if you want to be a guest on the show man you are more than welcome to, to hit us up on our social medias mine being Snapchat and Instagram is Danny Oceans that's D-A-N-I period Oceans yes Oceans with an S Dom go ahead drop your handle uh, mine Snapchat Instagram and Twitter will be Dom Cheatham, D-O-M-C-H-E-A-T-L-E, underscore O-C. <laughs> I, almost, I almost forgot my own. <laughs> underscore, uh, underscore O-C. Um, I can be contacted there 24-7, of course. So let us know what you guys think, what you guys want to hear. And that's it. It's a wrap. And, uh, yeah, man, you're supposed to hit him with that. And enough said. Yeah, well, that's enough said.